July 12th, 2012 edition of the Conesy's Diary. I am kicking it here. Go ahead and recap in today's episode my opponent's list for my round five game at Blood in the Sun. It's been a couple of weeks since the event, so I know I had a great time. I know I've said that over and over and over again. Can't say enough about this event. If you got the opportunity, make sure you're there next year for Blood in the Sun 2013. Well, that's, of course, granted we get past the end of the world and all, you know, in December. But, you know, besides that, see you there. In my final round at Blood in the Sun, I took on Joel Masu who is first-time tournament-goer um, playing Dwarves, which was really cool because that's how I got started way, way back in the day. My first army was the Dwarf Army. And his army was, you know, I think it was pretty classic what you need to take to play Dwarves these days and play them well. Uh, I'm sure there's other people out there that might have varying opinions but in my opinion, this is really the close to, if not the build for dwarfs. It's, I mean, you could tweak out the runes maybe on the characters, maybe tweak out your war machine selection. I personally like grudge throwers more than than I like cannons, but he yeah, had those bases both covered. So, all right. With that being said, let's go ahead and recap his list. Uh, his list was called the Stokey Clan. I should also note that in this game we were playing a, a variant of the Watchtower scenario where the Watchtower could never be entered by more than 24 models and units, which is something I didn't realize like round three. So when I went to go enter the building with my horde of Spear Elves, I went, oh, wait a minute. By the rule, by the way, by the rules say you can't do that. I'm like, oh, whoops. That was interesting because it allowed neither of our armies had units we could well, his army didn't have any units he could put in the watchtower, and I had units that I could. He had his rune lord, Clad Elgazi, or however you want to enunciate that, who basically, typical Gromrel armor, master rune of balance, rune of preservation, rune of resistance, rune of speed, a couple of runes of spell raking, rune of stone, and a shield. Okay. I pretty much sums up how my magic phase is going to go all game. He then had a, another character by the name of Grim Stokey. This is his battle standard. Again, typical Gromel armor, Master Rune of Gromel for the one-up armor save, Rune of Fire, Rune of Preservation, Rune of Resistance. Nothing too shiny there. Going to his core, he had a unit of uh, 40 Dwarf Warriors. All armed with great weapons. And then he had a unit of, again, two units. It was really just two units of 40, great, 40 dwarf warriors with great weapons. Both with full commands. 
tough, solid dwarf core blocks. Uh, I guess there could be a little neighbors were arranged in horde, so you'd get piles and piles of attacks. Next up, he in his special selections, he had a cannon with the uh, rune of born, burning and a rune of forging on it. He had another cannon with the uh, rune of forging on it. And then he had uh, both cannons. Look like they had the engineer upgrades. Then he had a grudge thrower, just a single grudge thrower it looks like. That was root of accuracy and two two runes of penetrating. Again, the engineer upgrade. And a unit of hammers. This was, looks like it was 38 strong with a full command. And the standard bearer in the unit had the master of Grugni. Finally, wrapping up his list, he had an organ gun. Now, one one thing I will have here, and, and, I, and I hate to call you out on it, Joel, and I'm certain that you you put together models in an army out of what you owned, but I, the one thing that bothered me a little bit was the fact that you had an organ gun, or that there was an organ gun that was accounts as canon in this list. And it was round five, and I wasn't in the running, and it didn't bother me that much, but... For someone that travels to an event like this, it kind of, you know, it took a, it, it did dishearten me. But then you, when you come back and you go, hey, this is my first tournament ever, you know, that's one of those things. I'm like, dude, I can overlook that. It's no big deal. But it did, it did bother me a little bit to have to play against something that was a counts as when there was another organ gun clearly on the table. If if both cannons would have been the organ guns, and the, uh cannon would have you know a cannon model would have represented his organ gun i think that would have been a little bit better it would have been it would have at least led to a little less confusion it it is certainly confusing when there's counts as models that are basically other models in the dwarf army now i will note he had a ton of really cool old dwarf miniatures and i love old dwarf miniatures so that being said i (laughs) was Really cool to see, like this organ gun. I believe was the real was a really old edition of the. Well, I shouldn't say really. Well, I guess it's really old nowadays. But this is probably three versions of three or four versions of the organ gun back now. So that was that was really cool. And and to say something like that about the wharves to see something there's like three or four editions back. That's probably fifteen twenty years old at this point because there are so many of the dwarf models. That like the Slayers, a lot, there are a large number of the Slayer models, the Hammerer models. These models have some of the character models. These models have been around for so long at this point that they're, you know, for you know some of the sculpts are fifteen twenty years old at this point. So they're one of the few armies in Warhammer that still has that. Now, since the game, he had also admitted at the beginning of the game, Joel did that the he never had played against dark elves before so he he had heard a lot of scary stuff about them on the net thought they were going to be a tough matchup so since he wanted to go ahead and try to mitigate his losses and not get beaten badly being his first tournament i could certainly see why he kind of turtled up and castled off on that 
for me and what I had for my Dark Elf build, which wasn't certainly an optimized Dark Elf build, versus what I would call his near-optimized Dwarf build. I mean, there's a few things in his Dwarf build I might tweak or change my, to my personal preference, but I pretty much thought that was, you know, a Dwarf build that you'd want to put on the table. That's what you'd want to put on the table. And certainly units that were tough enough to give me a lot of pause to think about even bothering to engage or charge or, or do anything with any of his stuff. So we kind of pretty much just kind of played the standoff game, and he tried to shoot his cannons into me to suck off some points and, like, take out, like, the Hydra. And uh, I kept my Dreadlord in a position where he couldn't see it to shoot it. So, you know, it took him a couple extra turns of shooting his cannon at the at the Hydra to take it, shooting his cannons at the Hydra to take it out. And then my shades were able to shoot a, the grudge thrower to death. So it died. And I was able to take that off without lo losing the unit of shades ever. So it was, we were, you know, you can see real quick here, it was kind of a back and forth victory points. And he wasn't really pushing or advancing forward. And I didn't advance forward. Cause I, my intention was to move into the building the building wasn't going to be a win-loss on the scenario. The building was just basically plus five objective points. So the game was still going to be victory points at the end. So we basically did this whole standoffish thing, looking at each other's army for the whole game, which means the game was moving along really fast. I'm like, he can't do a lot to me in the shooting phase because it doesn't have enough shooting to do enough damage to my infantry units. And... He's so concerned about what I can do, he just didn't push it forward to be able to engage me. We go, we keep going. It's rounds up. It's his bottom is six. He still couldn't charge me. Never got into combat. Sixth turn of the game. I'm like, eh, last round of the tournament, I'll go ahead and go for it. I don't think I can break one of those dwarf blocks, but I'll just try it. So I charge my spear elves, which at this point, in order for me to get them out of the way of the building, the building in the center of the tower... I had to turn them into, you know, from the horde, I had to turn them on the side so they were five wide, like ten ranks deep or something like that, or seven or eight ranks deep at this point. And it was the bottom of the sixth, so whatever. And I had moved them out of the way so I could move my black guard, which was the only unit I had on the table I could fit, into the tower. I charged with the spear elves into a dwarf block, popped out my assassin... Assassin whiffed it pretty bad. I think I only killed two or three dwarfs with the assassin. The spear elves strength three. I didn't get any. I didn't get any magical help going into the combat. The spear elves didn't do any dwar any damage to the dwarfs. Then I remembered. Oh yeah, those are great weapon dwarfs, and they beat the snar out of my spear elves. Certainly not enough to for me to lose steadfast or anything but they were certainly good enough to beat snar out of an assassin kill him and guess what and my assassins the losing the assassin was just enough victory points to lose the game an 11-9 that for me kind of stunk because i didn't have to charge there i could have taken a 10-10 draw right down the middle and not have lost anything. I played it a little bit more sporting. I lost another battle point. So I've lost two battle points. Which in the overall standings. Two battle points here. Was about four or five positions. And I was like 22nd overall. 
So I could have been up there like in the top 20, which would have been, I was really shooting for a top third and I did that. So I'm happy with my result. Don't get me wrong, but there's always things you look at after a tournament in hindsight and go, if I would have just done this, this result would have happened. And where in the previous game, it was basically a three or less roll on a single dice. If I would have used my reroll, probably would have put me in a much better position to win the game or, or challenge for the win of the game. In this game, it was my own silly stupidity that lost me this game. So I, it still ended up being a, a with a objective points fourteen to eleven result, but it really could have been a fifteen to ten result. Which not that I needed to shift his battle points, but my overall tournament points really would have benefited from that. So it's important to not to be aware and not throw your victory points away at the end of the game, even if you're kind of sure. I mean, if I would have broke that dwarf unit, it would have been, you know, the game would have probably been a 12 or a 13, uh, 9. It would have been, what's he got, about 415 points and victory points there? Yeah, it would have probably been, an, it probably would have won an 11 or 12 result to me, so... Anyways, that wraps up my Blood in the Sun experience. We'll get on to some new Conzy Diary type stuff come the next episode. We have Invasion Kenosha this weekend, so I'll have some more tournament type stuff. We'll leave the tournament coverage for the main cast. So anyways, I want you folks to keep enjoying listening, and it's a pleasure to be having uh, had this time with you. Peace out.